This is the message from Connection Community Church for the Sunday, June 8th, 2014. What matters most are people connection. Well, good morning, Connection Community Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much that your grace is abundant and that you meet us right where we are. Thank you that you've nudged each one of us to be here today, to be in community, to hang out together and with you. And I would ask for you to settle us in and help us receive the message that you would have in store for us, each one of us here today. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. And everybody gathered said, amen. Amen. Well, before we get started, um, I want to say, first of all, thank you to many of you who are aware and who have been praying for my dad. You've had some updates, but the the update is updated. changed a bit. Dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer uh, two weeks ago. He had a big surgery on Wednesday at University of Pennsylvania, and the tumor was very aggressive, but they found that they thought they could get most of it, and he's doing really well post-op. I just got a text. He got to have Jello today, so that's really, really good. And um, so, anyway, it's uh, it's there's a good news, bad news thing going on here, and I would appreciate and covet your prayers for Dad and for our family. And I just want to say. Um, Friday night was a really big night in Middletown. It was the Relay for Life. My friends, Barry and Joy, had Big Lou keep fighting, a luminary for my dad as well as uh, their family, and it meant a ton. Susan Faulkner, thank you for fighting cancer. Thank you. Susan and her friend Mary have been leading the Relay for Life for a lot of years, and uh, we're fighting right with you, and we're going to make it happen next year again with you. Thank you so much. All right, let's get started. Last week, we considered a big question, and the question is, what matters most? What matters most? We came to the conclusion, the truth, that what matters most is God and our relationship with God. We're reminded about a time when Jesus was asked a question, what's most important, and he said this, and it's found in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your, and with all of your, and with all of your mind. But then Jesus, I could just see him take a deep breath. This is a charism, taking a deep breath, and then he says, and One more thing, what does he say? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's our focus today. What matters most? Our people connection. Our people connection, relationships with others, relating to those around us. And another word for those around us is the one another's. The one another's. That's what we see several places 
in Scripture. The Bible has many, many of these. First, uh, one of those would be Mark 9, verse 50, where, where, where we're told that uh, we should be at peace with, say it with me, one another. Uh, and we find in John 13, on the last night when Jesus with his disciples, as we talked earlier, as he washed their feet, Jesus told the disciples that they should follow suit and wash the feet of one, one another. another. Say it with me. In Romans 10, we're told that we should be devoted to, say it with me, one, one another. another. And in Romans 14, we're told that we should not judge one another. Colossians 3, we're told that we should be able to admonish or reprimand one, one another. another. In Ephesians 4, we're told that we should show tolerance to one, one another. another. And later in that same chapter, we're told that we should be kind to one another, tenderhearted and forgiving. There are many, 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 many other one another verses in the scriptures, but the central thread that uh, goes throughout all of them and, and, and the verse that over and over and over we read is that we should love, say it with me, we should love, love one, one another. another. One more time, we should love, love one another. Turn to the person next to you and say, we should love one another. Say it. Yeah, we should love one another. All right, so what does that look like? <coughs> what matters most in the book that Leonard Sweet, the author, uh, wrote, he tells us a story. And he tells us a story of a guy who had a brand new truck parked in his driveway, I guess, or on the street, not sure which, but his neighbor's basketball hoop fell on his brand new truck. We've actually had that happen. We, had a bas we have a basketball hoop in our driveway, and it fell on my mom's car. The hood of her car. Nice dented old dent. her car. Anyway, Leonard Sweet asked the guy what he was going to do to uh, get the other guy to pay for the damage. Mm. The friend said it was a very spiritual journey. He did a lot of soul-searching, a lot of praying and discussion with his wife about hiring an attorney. And what it came down to is that he could either be right or he could be in relationship. He could either be right mm. or he could be in relationship. He chose being in relationship because his neighbor would probably be with him longer than his truck was going to be with him. Mm. So he'd rather be in relationship than to be right. Wow. Sweet goes on to say, and I'd have to agree with him, <clears throat> how, how often have I sacrificed being in relationship for that personal satisfaction of being right? How often have I won an argument? but lost a friend? How often have I been right with my wife or my children, but in the process managed to close their spirits? When I was in the insurance business, I went an appointment, and, and, and the people I was talking to would tell a story. And once in a while, let's say the husband's telling the, let's say the wife's telling the story, and she'd say blah, 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 and it was a Friday night, and he'd say, well, no, dear, it was a Saturday night. No, honey, it was Friday night. No, dear. And then it's quit being dear and honey. It just got, you know. Uh, but Friday night, and I wanted to scream out, who cares? It, it doesn't make a difference. 
And you're not going to make a sale. And we're not going to make a sale. Plus, the, the story wasn't that good in the first place. It really doesn't matter. But I didn't say that because I wanted to make a sale. No, I didn't say that. But I'd sit there thinking, how, how idiotic is this that we're arguing about which night when it doesn't really matter? But over the years, I've come to realize that how often I've done the very same thing with uh, Carrie where she'd be maybe telling a story, and hopefully I didn't do it in front of people, I'm sure I have several occasions, but even just the two of us she'd be telling. And it was my personal job to keep her, I was the fact police, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> even when it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was two years or three years, and, or, what, or, or we'd be back and forth, uh, I'm right, I'm right, and you know, it comes down to who's right. You know what's funny is, when those guys uh, on the insurance appointment were arguing, it really didn't come down to which night it was who's right, right? It didn't matter which, which night. That's not what they were arguing. They were arguing about who's right. Yeah. And I, I came to realize a few years ago, if we were in disagreement, if it really didn't matter, I have to say, it doesn't matter if I'm right or not, or if it, it doesn't really matter in that particular case, uh, especially if it's going to come between the relationship and that rightness isn't going to amount to a hill of beans in the long run. Let me tell you something I've learned. Maybe you want to, you might even want to write this one down because the need to be right can cause great loneliness. <laughs> the, the, the need to be right can cause great loneliness. Yeah. And so God has wired us. God created us. Even, even if those people who don't believe in God, God still made them and wired them in su such that they would have a relationship with God. We have this God-shaped void, but we're also wired to be in relationship with one another. We read, especially in the Old Testament, that this relationship is not so much an individual focus, but it's a focus on community or one another. There's this word called shalom. Uh, that's the Hebrew word uh, for peace. But shalom isn't just peace <coughs> in my little world. It's peace in the community. For example, if in my small group one of us is hurting, all of us is hurting. That's, we all need to have shalom. We need to have peace. If there's conflict or unrest here, there can't be peace here. Or that's, you know, shalom is when there is peace over all. Shalom is INAM at its finest. Who knows what INAM is? Okay, if you know it, what is it? Not it's about not me. about me. Yeah, there it is. It's not about <laughs> <Very> me. <good. laughs> That's something we say around here a lot. <laughs> I am about being in right relationship with one another. And so we crave um, these uh, relationships. And it's kind of ironic. We live in a world in which it's easier, faster to be in touch than any time in history. Uh, electronically and even through travel and yet it seems that that being in relationship is harder than ever and when we were kids on on the travel on the car drives you know my two sisters and me in the back my kids said we had to one time have three kids in the back seat we used to have in a van oh my gosh three of us in the back seat it was good we had three in the back seat we play these car games license plate game, the, what's it called? 
I spy with my little eye. Yeah, uh, where you pick something, you have 20 que 21 questions to figure out what it is. Or you, how many played those when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, and we're guilty, we have a little DVD player, you know, where the kids, you know, and they're watching individually because they got headphones on. I, and I can't participate. I tried, but I got such a crick in my neck when I was driving trying to watch the movie. <laughs> I don't know, I, it was bad placement or something, but um, so they're in their little world and we're probably doing something on our iPhone or on our, you know, and so everybody in the car is in their own little world, you know. How's that relationship? It's not. We, we were in a restaurant when we were out on vacation and, and we looked across and there's a family like four and I think the three adults are on their cell phones and the kid's on an on a electronic game. It's like everybody in their in their own own little I, I world. I was in an elevator yesterday at University of Pennsylvania and it was full and I just burst out laughing because almost everybody was just looking on their iPhone. I mean, it's like nobody was even looking at you, mm. you know, looking on. Wouldn't it be fun to just say, can I have your attention please to everybody in the elevator? Well, I said, look at <laughs> us, we're on our iPhone. They You're thought You're probably I was wondering nuts. why I gathered you all here today. Well, I just want to get your faces out of your phone for five seconds. Anyway, uh, wow. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, you know, it seems that no matter how connected we're able to be, there's a lot of loneliness. And despite our con connectivity, we have this void. Oh, there are people who want to help us, people like Dr. Phil and Oprah on TV, or you've got Dr. Laura or Delilah on the radio. I'm pretty exhausted, so I'm feeling you were that really voice. relaxed right now. Did you know that All she right. was that voice, Delilah? Delilah. Wow. So, unfortunately, <laughs> none of these people have the answers because it's not Jesus-focused. And so our focus really does need to be Jesus. Our help comes from Christ. So what can we do as church people? Now, you're here for the first time. You think, I'm not a church people. You're sitting in church. They're also thinking, <laughs> we're nuts, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That, but you're, you're sitting in church, so today you're a church people. Are, are you people of God as, as Christ-centered people? What are we to do? Well, first and foremost... We need to recognize that relationships, healthy relationships, strong relationships, meaningful relationships, spiritual relationships, relationships are not easy to maintain. Can I have an amen? Man, staying in relationships hard work, isn't it sometimes? Yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. It takes time, it takes energy. And I'll tell you what, looking back, I haven't always done such a great job of that. Oftentimes I have opted out of relationships when they got difficult, when they got challenging. I'm not talking romantic, I'm just talking friendships. When they got too challenging and energy or just gonna have to get way too honest and say way too much, it was easier for me to opt out, which I did, and that wasn't a good idea. Because in the process, I've lost out on a lot of relationships over the years. I'm thinking we need to hang in there. Even when it gets difficult, even when it gets a little bit messy, we need to, uh, to prayerfully ask for the strength to hang in there rather than taking the easy route out of the relationships in our lives. So we want to use an analogy from nature. 
For a plant to grow higher, the roots have to grow deeper into the dirt. The same is true for us in our relationships. For our relationships to go higher, our, they also have to go deeper into the dirt. For our relationships to go higher, they have to go deeper. And oftentimes, we just don't want to get that dirty. I mean, it's hard. It is so hard. Oftentimes, we don't want to go there. But it's important to do that so our relationships can be all that they can be. Okay, so to continue this nature analogy, you know, um, everything, not everything, but a lot of things in nature, in order to grow, they have to shed uh, both plants and animals. Even you and I have to shed. You get real honest here. Who's a shedder here? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Your hair, I'm telling you, like it or not. Cut, brush it, blow it, look on the floor. You're shedding. <laughs> Go like this. Go like this. We all shed. No, you see those two hands go. <laughs> Everybody, we shed. That's part of the growing process. You got to get rid of that layer so the next one come up. I don't know what that hair coming out for. Mine's coming out too fast. But anyway, um, shedding is crucial in nature and also in growing relationships. Sometimes, sometimes, here's the tough one, we need to shed some relationships so we can really focus on some other ones. That's a tough part of shedding. Sometimes that's necessary. More often, though, Carrie's got something to say. Yeah, more often. Because <laughs> I'm getting ready for a big line here, Alan. I know. More often, we need to shed ourselves of something that we're holding on to in order for our relationships to go deeper, to go to that next level. Perhaps it's been a hurt that's been caused by another person. Our relationship won't grow, it can't grow, unless we... <laughs> let it go, let it go. Are you getting this on film? I love it. Here I stand. Anyway, anyway. Did you video that? Get your video for next week. He surprised me with that last, last time, and I was hoping you'd do that this time. Reminds me of our little granddaughter, Isabella, man. She is really into that, and I'm thinking about her right now. Now, our relationships, we have to shed some things, and that might even mean forgive. What do I need to work on right now, Alan? Mm. I've been kind of hard to live with for a couple weeks, so. Okay, let's get focused. <laughs> we may need to shed ourselves of, um, of the expectations sometimes that we have of other people. That's one of the greatest challenges we have sometimes in our relationships is these expectations. And I don't think God put us here to, to, to try to live up to each other's expectations. And when I'm talking about expectations, I'm not talking about, you know, raising children and those kind of expectations. I'm talking about per relationship, adult to adult relationship, teenage, teenage, whatever. Relationship with mature people and, and trying to live up to each other's expectations or in fact having these expectations that the other person isn't up, living up to. You know, way too often, that's getting in the, relation with, in the way of the relationship being all it can be. I was expecting you to do this, 
you should do this, and you didn't. You let me down. Or, or you expected me to do something, and I wasn't going to do that. You know, it goes on and on. Unmexpectations, expectations, unreasonable expectations, selfish expectations. All of those can lead to bankrupt relationships. Say it with me, bankrupt relationships. And bankrupt relationships are not good. They're relationships that fall short of what they could be because we had, oftentimes because we had unrealistic expectations of each other. And here's the thing. Instead of praying or how that other person can change, I need to pray how we can change. You know, a while back, I, you know, I, it used to be when we were first married, I thought, you know, if Carrie would just see things my way, this relationship would be absolutely perfect. Boring. Huh? <laughs> would be what? Boring. It would be absolutely perfect. <laughs> if she would just, and so, you know, if I could just pray hard enough that she would change and, and see it my way, and you know what? That never happened. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> um, I had to let it go. Because we're not here to change somebody else. Now, when I prayed, God helped me to change and accept uh, her for who she is and what you created her to, who she created her to be, to, to recognize the pluses and to minimize the things that I don't consider pluses, although others may. You know, when I start making that prayer, that's when the relationship changes. Amen? Amen. Amen. And it's, it's, a, it's a much better deal, so I encourage you. Um, don't pray that that other person will change. That's a prayer that I haven't seen answered too many times. But I've seen the one God helped me change. I've seen that prayer answered repeatedly. Yeah. So, um, hey, Dave, can you let children's ministry and the people in the back know we're going to go over about five minutes? Okay. Thank you. All right, so we've been looking at, uh, for our relationships to go higher, they have to go deeper. Growing relationships involves shedding. And the last thing is that growing relationships are also emptying. Sweet says that it's more about giving than receiving. You know, a lot of times we're like this, but when we empty, we're able to receive. There is such a great investment on that. And, you know, sometimes... It's those relationships that are the toughest that we really have to work on. But when we, have, when we empty ourselves and we can invest in other people in that way, such a great ROI, such a great return on investment, and the blessings are amazing. Hmm. When Jesus said that the second greatest commandment was that we should love our neighbor as ourselves, the guy who first asked him, you know, what's the, what's the most important commandment? He then asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? <laughs> Let's clarify, because I want to make sure I'm, I'm not going too far here, you know? And so then Jesus shared a, a parable, a, a short story that shares a greater truth, the parable of the Good Samaritan. May, maybe you've heard it. It's, it's a pretty well-known parable. It's about a Jewish guy who was traveling through a dangerous area when, when he was stripped of his clothes beaten and left for dead by some robbers. A religious guy, I think it was a priest, came along and decided to go on the other side of the street in order to avoid him so he wouldn't you know, possibly touch him and be made 
uh, unclean for the, for the temple there. And another religious guy did the same thing, went to the other side of the street. Two, two guys that you would hope would care totally left this guy for dead. Third guy was a Samaritan. Now, we've got to know, Samaritans and Jews did not get along. The Jews hated the Samaritans. It's interesting how Jesus structured this story. <laughs> but it was a Samaritan, one who this man, if he was capable, would have shunned the Samaritan came and treated and bandaged the guy there, put him on his donkey, took him into a local inn and continued to care for him until he ran out of time and had to move on. And then he gave the innkeeper money to care for the guy and said, if it's not enough, I'll be back and, and I'll pay for, what, you know, for whatever uh, unmet bill comes up. And, and then Jesus said <laughs> to the guy, to the uh, expert in the law who had asked him the questions, he, he said, um, who, who was the neighbor to the man who was beaten? And the guy answered, and I, I know it had to be painful. I know he had to swallow hard in order to answer because he had to answer with uh, the answer that was the guy he didn't like, the guy who he would have pushed away. But, but he had to say, well, it was the guy who showed mercy. It was the Samaritan who was the neighbor. Jesus said, you know, you're right. Now go and do likewise. <laughs> wow. And so there is no limit to who we should care for, who we're called to be in relationship with. In fact, God may call us to care for the person who annoys us the most, who we don't necessarily have respect for. You know, there are you know, aren't there people that kind of just push your buttons and bring the worst out in you? I know that happens with me, and those are the people that were maybe called to care for the most. The Good Samaritan story shows that, that everybody is our neighbor. Just as each of us has a God-shaped hole in our soul, I think each, each of us has a neighbor-shaped hole in our heart. We're designed to be in relationship with those around us, and not just those whom we know, not just those that we like. We're called to care. We're called to care for those around us, and not just those we know, and not just those we like. Uh, just, just as Jesus cared, and he especially cared for the least, the last, and the lost. And we're called to do the same, to, to be in relationship one with another, no matter who that one another is. It may not be easy, but it's definitely worth it. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's live it. Let's pray. Now, most holy God, uh, this is kind of a tough assignment. Got to care for people we might not even like be in relationship, but that's what you call, and you know, we're told in Scripture that with you all things are possible. So please help us to turn to you for the strength we need, for the guidance. Please give us, help us as we reach out and we recognize that everybody out there is our neighbor, that relationships are crucial, and that we uh, need to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's in Christ, in your Holy Spirit, we pray. And all those gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. 
For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.